0: Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at transistor.fm.
1: Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So, it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? everything else, because it's never, ever about food or weight, never, ever, not even one time, not ever, ever, ever. Hello, everyone. This is Lori Lee Rourke from It's Not About Food podcast, and today we're going to be talking about faith. And what does that mean to me? (laughs) But the Body Love card, the front of it is the goddess is walking on a tightrope. So is her little deer animal above a town. It's got an an umbrella, and she is having faith that this tightrope, that she'll walk it, and it will hold her up, and it will hold her power animal up. And also faith in herself that she can do this. And I think that was a huge awakening for me that I could do this. So the back of the card is faith is trusting that there is a loving source of which you are a part. Having faith means that you can let go of fear and tight control and trust that there is great wisdom within you and around you, allowing yourself to breathe and listen for spiritual guidance. Having faith means that even though the recovery process may become difficult and dark, you can trust that you will also find the grace and light, so for me, in my life, well, let me back up. so when I was little, I was raised in a very strict way, and I was not really taught to have faith in myself. I was taught to have faith in something outside of myself, and you know it didn't make much sense to me as a little girl because I didn't think those grown ups were really safe. <laughs> To have faith in. So I didn't know what to do with faith, you know, the idea of faith. I had no idea what to do with the idea of faith, because I didn't have much faith in something outside of me, and I certainly was not taught to have it inside of me. Maybe I just ignored it for a long time until I started to recover from all of my different things, from alcoholism, drug addiction, crazy relationships, and overwork, and underwork, and... An eating disorder and body hatred and blah, blah, blah. So, at each time, there had to be a time when I had to trust myself and have faith that the people around me who were trying to help me weren't lying to me <laughs> and telling me something like, you can do this. And then I find out that I can't. So, that didn't happen. You know, I usually found out that I could do things. So, we have a great guest today, and I heard her on another podcast. I love these women that are having these podcasts and we steal each other's people all the time. (laughs) So it's really great to have you with me here today, Jen, and I'll let you introduce yourself and tell me what you're doing in the world of faith and why you picked this card and what's up with
0: you. Okay, great, Laura Lee. It's so great to be on the Not About Food podcast. I'm Jennifer Mason. I also go by Gen X. Because I'm Gen X with a J, <laughs> Cause I'm but also because I'm 54. Ah. Except on Tinder where I'm 37. <laughs> and like you, I talk to people about health because I'm a licensed acupuncturist. But I also, I think you heard me because I am also a stand up comedian. Yes. Very powerful. How did you get the faith to do that? <laughs> right. I think for me, faith comes very close to trust and I've learned to trust the world. I I once read that, yeah, in order to feel a great component of happiness is feeling trust. Because if you don't have basic trust, then you're always on edge, right? How could you possibly go to the dentist if you didn't trust them? Yeah. (laughs) But I'm lucky. So I trust most of the people in my world. And one of my own mottos is that courage is the foundation of optimism. Or optimism is the foundation. (laughs) Yeah, that I believe in the basic good in the world. And so that allows me to get up on stage and tell jokes because I'm not really afraid. I just, I recognize that there's a lot of good that comes right back at me. That's
1: great that you have that faith. I always think about that with people who have faith in their ability to make people laugh or to make people cry or to make music or to make art or to make whatever that they have to have a lot of faith in themselves because you don't know what the audience thinks about you until they start clapping. A lot of times they're just sitting around looking at you.
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I don't know that I I have faith that I will always be funny. In fact, I think it maybe works best if you don't go out there intending to be funny. (laughs) I think that if you are honest, then that turns out to be unexpectedly funny.
1: Yes, isn't that true? Because we are funny, you know? Life
0: is funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, life is, uh, right? Especially for women of a certain age. It's just awkwardly funny. And the more authentic we are about it, the more connecting we are, and the more funny it is. Yes.
1: I love that. And I would think you would also have to have a lot of faith in yourself to stick needles in people.
0: that comes with practice so I do coach people how to do stand-up comedy and that is what I teach them is to be really open to um, find your most embarrassing secret that you're willing to share with the world talk about that and that is instantly funny and you could do that today there's a few questions to guide you but no acupuncture you have to study a long time (laughs) yeah and it's precise
1: (laughs) So how did you get into both of these things? They're so opposite, it seems to me. One is not funny at all, and one is really
0: funny. Oh, I think the way I do healthcare is hilarious because (laughs) it does require authentic communication. I'm a small boutique-style acupuncturist, so I only see one patient at a time, so I get to know them pretty well. And you need to ask them, you know, very intimate questions about what they're eating and how's that processing? What does their tongue look like? You know, (laughs) open up your mouth. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I draw a picture of everybody's tongue so I can keep that. But then I'm also actually in all of my roles, I'm a little bit of a teacher. So with acupuncturists, I'm going to be teaching my patients, this is what your body's saying. And we we laugh a lot. So oh, great. <laughs> That's actually where I started doing stand-up. Accidentally, I would tell my patients these stories and they would just be on the table saying, don't make me laugh. <laughs> so right. So I think that they're both actually healing forces. I think when Absolutely. you do acupuncture, your balance, you're reflecting people back to what they look like. I see this imbalance and I see that you're really tired and I see that the hormones might need this. And this is how we know by looking at your hair and your nails and, and in comedy, it's also reflecting back. And wow. I think that it's also kind of healing because for audience, especially women, to hear about our own lives back to us, reflecting back the ridiculousness of life Or the awkwardness or things that don't make sense is also healing and then we get to laugh about it.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think, uh, of course, I love to go to comedy shows or to listen to comedians and I'm just always so happy when people want to make me laugh. And I want to make people laugh, even though I'm a really serious therapist, but I bring in a lot of humor in my stuff. And my work, because I want people to know I have stuff too, and I got through it and you have stuff and you're going to get through it. And we might as well laugh about it, (laughs) you know, take things seriously, but also see the weirdness about it too.
0: Well, I think, yes, if you are a person who's coaching other people about difficulties and you never admit to having your own problems, then I think it doesn't feel like somebody you can trust. Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm... When you're whining with nurses... It's a place I like to call The Bleed.
1: My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed.
0: Storygram Network. I joined Beyond Hunger about three years ago after my own eating disorder recovery. I've been with the Peer Ed program for over a year. I've been a peer educator for a few weeks now. Beyond Hunger is an amazing organization in which high schoolers like me get to go to schools across the Bay Area and educate teens and students on mental health, body image, intuitive eating. I joined because it really helps people. I joined the program because I believe that the information we provide people my age is very important. Beyond Hunger has allowed me to connect with the youth in my community and reaffirm to myself what I know is true. It has given me an opportunity to educate others and inform others around my age. Um, and I just think it's a really wonderful program. Because I want to teach other teens what I never I learned. Appreciating your body through its ups and downs, navigating diet culture, and learning about intuitive emotions and hunger. And I felt that it was super important to continue to make change in the community.
1: My name is Laura Lee Rourke, and I am one of the founders of Beyond Hunger. My business partner, Carol Normandy and I founded it in 1988. But for the last 25 years, we've been going into schools and talking about the issue of eating disorders and body hatred. We um, train young women to go in with us, peer-to-peer, student-to-student, and it is a wonderful program. Please give generously this holiday season, thank you. No, it's like a Barbie doll or a paper doll.
0: Or fake. Yeah. Inhuman. But then if you're telling your own problems and you dissolve into a puddle where you're like, then maybe people feel sorry for you. (laughs) It's also not effective. Right. They want to counsel you. So I think that if you are able to talk about the difficulties and you can get into the details, but also find a little bit of levity, then you have the best of both worlds because they see that you know what you're talking about because you went through the same thing. But you're not defeated by it.
1: This is how I got out of it. Yeah. I often say that people come to me as a therapist because they know that I know what it's like to eat a frozen cake. You know, (laughs) I know what that's like in the middle of the night, You got a Sara Lee cake in there and you're going to eat it. And (laughs) it's just the way it is.
0: That is a very special club.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So... It sounds like you're in a boutique with your acupuncture, but where do you do your comedic things?
0: Well, I I have been coaching people online that way they can practice online. And then I do a monthly show at the local theater here in San Diego, Finest City Improv. Oh, great. And my show is the Sofa King Funny Show because all of my comics are Sofa King Funny.
1: I love that. And where is that in San Diego? That's in Hillcrest. Nice. And you're there once a month or
0: once a week? I have a show once a month because I'm kind (laughs) of lazy. That also allows me to select my favorite comedians in the area or some of those who are coming through town. Yes. And you do improv? I do improv as well. My husband and I, that's our date night. We'll go do musical improv and we'll make up songs. I love it so much. That takes great faith too. Yeah. You go out in public doing that? Um, Not often. Well, you need a piano player who can. can
1: Okay, cool. We have a team. So the theme of your thing is disclosing and then making fun of that and then like so we all can be in the same room together because we've all done that thing whatever that is or we know somebody who did or we are thinking about doing it.
0: <laughs> I think that's what comedy is. Either it's relatable where you're like, "Oh, I have had the same thought about butter or pencil sharpeners." That's right. That's so weird. Or it's the Huh, I never imagined what a rocket scientist would say about meatloaf. Let me hear more. Let me know <laughs> about that. Yeah. So I, I think that either way, we're sharing something about our lives as comedians. And either it's something super relatable or it's something kind of odd, which teaches us about each other. And how
1: did you pick the faith card? And how does this work in all of your endeavors?
0: I chose it randomly because that's what I thought I was supposed oh, to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought it was like an oracle card and it would come to me. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: and it does do that sometimes for sure.
0: Yeah, I think faith is a little complicated. Like you, I came from a pretty religious background. My father was an ordained minister ah. as an Episcopalian. So he married my mom. They had great faith, which I did not necessarily share. I went overseas and became Buddhist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, great. And one of the things that I learned in Buddhist meditation is that we have faith in the basic goodness, and that's the ground we walk on. And I think that's what's given me peace. That is so great, especially right
1: now. Don't? We just so very much need that. We really do.
0: Well, as a therapist, don't I don't know. I don't I'm not a therapist exactly, but I think that it helps me a lot to imagine or see that people are doing the best they can.
1: Yep. I tell my clients that all the time. Or I say they'll be very upset about something they did a long time ago. And it's sort of like, but that's what you knew what to do at that time. We learn, we change, you know. But yeah, that seemed like a good idea at the time. So,
0: But even in present time, I mean, I have a couple of surly teenagers. And could they be nicer? They could. But I think that this is the best that they can do right now.
1: Right now, with all those hormones raging and crazy schedules and all kinds of stuff. It's true. So I wonder, do you use your Buddhism in your comedy act at all?
0: I don't know if that's not the relatable thing that I want to talk about. So I'll talk more about what it's like to be a woman. I have a new bit about positive affirmations and because there's no positive affirmations for men. I have a book (laughs) called Positive (laughs) Affirmations for Women. And why should it just be for women? And so I think about that or about going through menopause, right? Something that a lot of us are going through.
1: Yeah, we have to have a lot of faith our body is not trying to kill us.
0: (laughs) Or that it will get better. And it will get better. You won't always be hot. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that the feeling that there's ultimately enough goodness in the world makes me feel like it's okay to go on stage. And if not everybody is a fan, that's okay they're not out there to hurt me. People come out to have a good time. And so I think that if you go up on stage and you're not trying to hurt other people, then everything turns out okay. And actually quite a lot of people laugh.
1: Yeah, every year on my birthday, I do something I'm a little bit afraid of or I've never done before for one reason or another. That might be a little bit of a challenge. They don't always have to be life ending or anything, but (laughs) it has to be something that I'm a little bit scared of. Mostly. So once I wrote and performed a comedy sketch in front of an audience that I knew nobody there. So it wasn't like all my friends, it was people that I didn't know. And it was right at the start of the Iraqi war when they were not finding any WMDs. You know, they weren't finding these things they thought that were there that we were going in there to blow up their country about. So the whole thing is I go through it, but at the end, it's about what George Bush should do is ask Laura to find them, because if they're there, a woman will find them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Right. Everything is.
1: Yeah. You know, because the vagina is a tracking device, you know, (laughs) so we know where everything is. Anyway, it... People loved it, loved it, loved it, you know, and, but it was very specific for that. And I never had to do it again.
0: (laughs) And how did you feel afterwards?
1: I felt great. I was really happy that I remembered the whole thing because you just have to like memorize it and then act like you're just thinking of it right then. But um, yeah, yeah, it's a trick. And I don't know. I just really loved it, but not enough to ever want to do it again, (laughs) which is How it is with most things that I do. You know, I've jumped out of a plane or I've done a lot of things, and I think, okay, that's that. Let me cross that off my list. I don't have to do that anymore. Some things I go, okay, I can do that as much as I want. But some things I'm like, yeah, that's that one.
0: (laughs) I think that's a great idea. I think that's the secret of anti aging is to choose to be deliberately
1: uncomfortable. Yes. Or do something that, like this year when I turned 71, I went down to Santa Barbara from Northern California and chartered a boat and had him take us out to see the wild dolphins swim around. And that's not very life-defying or anything, but it was so fun. And I had never been able to just be with these dolphins and see them just Riding the wake of the boat, they were so happy. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, it was really great. So when's your birthday and what's the next day? You know, I never really know until it comes to me. My birthday's in the middle of August. It depends on what, how hard it is to set up. But, you know, I've done things like gone to a country that I didn't know anybody there and I had no setup, like I didn't know where I was going to stay or what I was going to do. I didn't speak the language. I just got sat down in the middle of somewhere and um, just deal with it, Laura Lee. And it's, <laughs> that took a little while to set up that. But yeah, they're fun to do. It's, I think it's fun to challenge ourselves like that.
0: Yeah. I think that's what I tell my students, right? Because they're wondering, how do you not freeze up out of fear and because it is it's very scary to go on stage just like it's scary to go to another country where you don't know anybody and don't speak the language but your body doesn't know the difference between fear and excitement and you know we just get caught up in this humdrum repetition of life and so every time i'm scared i think how lucky i am to have something this exciting it is so true you know, I was
1: a, so afraid I would just freeze up there. And I thought, if I do, then that's the act. <laughs> and I go, thank you very much. And I get off.
0: <laughs> and people respect that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, even for me, even more terrifying than stand up is clowning. <gasps> Make that's on your list. <laughs> oh my so God. Harder. I'm writing that one down. Laura Lee cuz you don't have an you don't have a neck and with stand up you have something clever hopefully you know where you have something prepared and you have a certain amount of time but for clowning what my teacher said is Jennifer you're so funny when you're failing you should do that more
1: wow <laughs> isn't that funny That's- horrible. It's horrible,
0: (laughs) but it's true. So what is the clowning? So what do you do with that? So with clowning, you set yourself up for failure. So often with a clown, there'll be a game and it's a game that the clown cannot win. The clown (laughs) is trying to win and tries and gets really hopeful, but then dashed and always with eye contact so that the audience goes along for this ride. And then whether the clown wins or loses, it doesn't matter because if they have your eyes, then that's the real game. Oh, Ooh. yeah. That's so great. And you
1: have the wig and the outfit and everything.
0: I have not done that kind of clowning. So oh. you can, but clowning is one aspect of performance and comedy. So I think now if I watch a movie or a television show, I'm like, oh, that character is such a good clown. Oh, Maybe, my gosh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm going to have to think about that. I once went to circus school to be able to fly on the trapeze on my birthday. And the whole thing was a clown act. (laughs) Guess who was the clown? It was so terrifying. But (laughs) (laughs) the worst part about it was standing on that little popsicle stick at the top (laughs) of this rope ladder with a bar in your hand and thinking, I'm going to step off this. No, actually, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to do it anymore, <laughs> you know, but I did it. So it was pretty fun. I never had to do it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope you have pictures of that. I also started improv comedy on my birthday. I think we're <gasps> for for very similar. I think maybe we're similar.
1: Yes, yes. That's very cool. So improv is such a funny thing. I have watched it before and I haven't, but I should do it. That should be a birthday thing. I bet that would be hard for me and then I would be okay with it. But yeah, it'd be pretty fun.
0: As an acupuncturist, I will prescribe improv comedy uh, oh. to people who struggle with perfectionism. Yeah, because
1: you're going to flub around until <laughs> you find something,
0: right? With improv, you're working with the team. So if you try to plan something, that's how you fail. Yeah. So you have to just go out there and they say, bring a brick, not a cathedral. Because <laughs> if you bring the cathedral, then you find out it's the wrong place. And so you go out there and you don't know what you're going to say. And that's perfect. Oh. But it is very hard if you're someone who's used to being in control.
1: Oh, that could not be me at all. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me how people could get a hold of you in order to learn how to be a very funny person.
0: Well, I'm Jen X. They could email me at Jen at Genxcomedy.com or find my website, JenXComedy.com. That's Jen with a J. And I'm on the socials. You could also look for my Sofa King Funny Show, especially if you're in San Diego. So I
1: wonder if you would read this last part of the card, the Today I Will,
0: Today, I will have faith that I am being held with the greatest love, reverence, wisdom, and respect. When I am fearful or controlling, I will breathe, let go, and be open to the learning available to me through this experience.
1: Isn't that the way? Having faith that I'm going to do all of those things, love, reverence, and all of that, and humor. You know, I hope I'm always held with humor, like you.
0: Ah. I think so. I think we have a lot in common. When you dare to do uncomfortable things and hope for the best, then you always have good stories. And that's what humor is.
1: Yes. And they don't stop. You know, I've been with people as they were in hospice, as they were dying, and they say the funniest things. sometimes. I had a friend who was dying and all these women got together with candles and really soft music. And we were telling her, You can let go. You can walk over the bridge and you we're all okay and we're here. We love you so much and we're so grateful. And we were saying all this really wonderful stuff and she hadn't talked in a couple days and she opened up her eyes and said, I'll walk over the bridge when I friggin' want to. But she didn't (laughs) say friggin'.
0: (laughs) We were like, Okay then. Okay. (laughs) You're right. Those would be some great last words. Yeah, that
1: was a great last word. Or there's a cemetery in Key West that one of, I mean, this is how weird I am. I read tombstones, but it says, I told you I was sick. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, there's laughter all the way through, I hope, from the minute we get here to the minute we leave. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm so pleased with you being on the show today today. And I really look forward to coming down to San Diego and seeing your show sometime. So I'll keep in touch. Yeah, get on my mailing list and I'll tell you all about it. I will. I will. Thank you very, very much. Thank you for listening. And be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's not about Thanks.